I'm Destiny. And I'm Xavier Quarterman, and welcome to episode 14. We in there. Yeah, 14. 14. That's 14 weeks. Yeah. It's a long time. It, well, it's 15 because we take a break. Well, that, it is 14, you're right. Yeah, that's true. What is 14 weeks in months? It's like three months, three, a little over three months. Uh, Yeah, a little over Yeah, three. just about. Cool. We hope everyone had um, a great week. Um, I know this week seemed really slow for us for some reason. Yeah, there were some days that were really slow. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, it was good overall, though. Yeah, it was a good week. So let's jump into um, our conversation today, which I think is a really cool one, um, where we're going to be discussing our personal uh, experience and process of discovering ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're well aware, like, you know, you get into elementary school and middle school, high school and all that stuff. But we want to talk about, I mean, experiences where you really, really got to discover yourself yeah. as a person. And we know there's books and movies and all kind of stuff out there, but we just want to kind of be practical about it. And so let's get into it. Like, what was your process so far as you can remember of discovering yourself? I think... Before I knew you, it was kind of like the first time where I really like looked in or tried to discover myself. Mm-hmm. Like I was single. I wasn't dating anyone. I wasn't talking to anyone. Um, so I was really like kind of getting closer to God mm-hmm. where I quote unquote took God serious. Yeah. And started reading scripture and was just really getting into the Bible mm-hmm. and finding um like principles mm-hmm. I guess that I could use um for the season I was in. Yeah. So that was a time where I was like, God, like I wanna take you serious. Like mm-hmm. I'm for real this time and um it was actually tough because I went through a breakup at the time. So mm-hmm. like that was me like I cried it out there with God. I yeah. like sobbed and yeah. like all the temptation to text the person, like yeah. all of that was gone right there with God in my room. Yeah. You know, so that was a time where like I got closer to God and I really enjoyed getting closer to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what about you? Yeah, for me, it was interesting. Similar to you, it was more peeling back of layers than anything mm-hmm. at this time i i had a home group and our home group had grew to like 30 40 kids like in my parents den so like i was seen as a leader i like had a lot of friends we would pull up the steak and shake we'll pull up anywhere on you 10 12 deep um i was a drummer at a church um I'm, I was full-time at Disney, so I was stacking money, like mo- the most money I've ever had. And the top of 2018, like, God told me clearly, like, it was time to transition from playing drums. 
Like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, that's a little tough because I've been playing drums in church since I was eight. And then the next it was moving out. Yeah. And then it was breaking up with the, my ex who I was with for three years. And then it was losing majority of my friends. Mm. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Here I am in this one bedroom, one bedroom, one bath apartment with no girlfriend, almost no friends. I'm not playing drums and I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. And it was boom. Like that was my cave. That was a place where I woke up and it was just me. Yeah. Me and my thoughts. And a lot of things came up there. Yeah. There were suppressed traumatic, traumatic moments that I experienced when I was young that I didn't, like, I didn't even know happened. Mm. It was suppressed. Yeah. And it was just, and, and like to go even deeper, like it was just memories of, of, of being invaded and molested came up mm-hmm. that I didn't even know was there. Wow. Like, I don't remember the moment, but it's like, it's like you, it's like having a dream. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't remember living it, but you know, the memories, you yeah. have the taste, the smell, you have everything. And so mm-hmm. it was in that space that stuff came up. It was, it was That's a lot. Tough. Like, yeah. You don't do that alone. Yeah. Like, it was, I mean, that's I, crazy. Yeah, I cried like so much. Mm-hmm. I cried a lot. It was, it was super lonely. And, but I think it was the most valuable space to find myself. Yeah. Because I identified so much with being a drummer boy. I identified with being a spiritual leader. I identified with, being around a bunch of people, I identified with, you know, like, man, I'm making this much money this young without a degree. Like I, my identity was wrapped up in all those things. Mm-hmm. And then to start the process of really finding myself, all those things were stripped. Yeah. And when you strip those things away from me, I, I felt like, like, I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. I felt naked. I felt vulnerable. And I was tempted like you to like find something else to grab onto. Yeah. It was in that place. It was like it could have been, man. I want to drum. I want to gig more. I want to make more money. Or it could have been sex. Mm-hmm. I was super horny in that place because it's like, yeah. There's sometimes being real. There's sometimes where you're horny, uh, out of feeling empty, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's a, like we can use that, yeah, as a a sense of comfort. Mm-hmm. And so it was just all these things. I'm either horny, or I want to watch porn, or I want to work more. It was like every possible thing I can do to pacify this feeling yeah. of vulnerability and being naked I was searching for. Mm. And I was stripped of all of it. And so I just remember like laying on the floor crying some days. Yeah. <laughs> and it was tough, but it was, it was in that place where I, the, I'm still in the process. We both are. But it was brutal. It was a once in a lifetime <laughs> space. Because yeah. we can never get back to that space, right? We can never undo our marriage, undo our kids. Like we're well off to building our family. But it's a precious space yeah. that I'm grateful we both got. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know for me, like, in that time where it was kind of just me, I had, like, a friend or two. Mm-hmm. But it was the hardest, it was one of the hardest times I've had as far as, like, purging the things that were inside of me. Mm-hmm. But I also had a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, um, hanging out with the one or two friends and like even going out to eat with my parents without yeah. someone else being with me. Mm-hmm. 
So like, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds lame, but <laughs> like I enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was fun for me. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I, I on a, I'm glad you brought that up because it could have went dark and dark. Not that it was <laughs> dark, but on the other end, like I enjoyed it because I lived across from a BJ's at the time, mm. and BJ's was my favorite place. So I would I would walk myself to BJ's twice a week. Yeah, it was I think it was like Tuesdays and Fridays, and it was just something I looked forward to doing with me. Mm-hmm. It was cool, and then at the time, like one of my boys, I was like, well. I don't have a curfew. Like one of my boys, we would, he would come over. He didn't have to leave when he wanted to. It was like, well, like I had money. Like let's go buy some Jordans. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. We went. We would go shoe shopping. We would go play ball with a couple of my coworkers. Mm-hmm. I remember going to. I used to go to Disney Springs by myself, and go to Starbucks, and just sit over there by the hot air balloon. Yeah. And those were some of the cool. I even I said I would. I always thought it was weird when people went to the movies by themselves. Yeah. When I went once, I was like, oh my God. I've never been by myself. Like, I went to the ones that were like dining. Yeah. At uh, Disney Springs. So I would go order my food and it was like the best thing. It was awkward walking there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, do people think I work here? Because I'm like, <laughs> probably. I'm like power walking to get to where I want to go. I, you know, I don't want to You're like here. trying to hurry yeah. up and get inside so nobody yeah. sees you. So, yeah, like, I agree. Those were fun moments mm-hmm. where. Like you got to enjoy things in that season. That was really cool. Yeah. So is there like fast forwarding a little bit? Um, were there any other moments or spaces that you found that you begin to build and discovering who you were? Yeah. Fast forward to marriage, like mm-hmm. being married. Um, well, being engaged first brought up a lot of things like insecurity mostly. Yeah. And that. Um, insecurity was like so bad, like it came up, um, which I didn't know I dealt with, which is crazy. Yeah. Like you go all these years and you think you're fine. And then <laughs> like one day a light bulb goes off and it's like, this bothers you or like yeah. something that you did or you looked at a girl like mm. in a weird way. I'm like, oh, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like that yeah. stuff like that came up mm-hmm. and even the whole porn thing, mm-hmm. like, when you would share with me when you did watch it, like I would just get frustrated and mad, like all that came up and I didn't know, like I said before, like I don't remember or I've never experienced this type of anger or getting to this high point. Yeah. So like in that time, um, we were in an apartment and I wasn't working at the time and I was just able to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. And it was like brutal. It was like. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I don't know what I will come home to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I dealt with depression heavy, like, um, like even suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. like all that like came up. And yeah. I remember something that did like kind of turn around for me or make it like simmer down a little was I got a book called um, Power of a Praying Wife. Mm-hmm. And the first chapter talks about yourself and how the the only way that you can pray for your husband is if like you work on yourself and there's no unforgiveness towards him. Like yeah. your heart is clean yeah, first. That's tough. Which is tough. So some people don't even get through the first chapter. You get the book because yeah, I need to fix my husband. And it's like, well, 
And then it yeah, points at you. you first. And it's like, uh, I don't like this book. <laughs> but the, the first chapter, something that really got me was the lady was saying that her strongest prayer, her best prayer that she's ever prayed was, um, God change me. Mm. And that hit me because I'm like, man, like the way that I'm reacting to some of the conversations we have is, it's just like horrible. Yeah. Like everything is yelling. Everything yeah. is like you did something wrong or like mm. blaming you and like all that. Yeah. So that book changed and I started to read through the prayers and like things started getting better and I started to understand things. And yeah. um, even in that time, God would like speak to me and and I got more into scripture, like heavier than I did before. Yeah. So it was like a turnaround for, and I found like scripture that helped me. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in a moment where I'm like, ooh, like yeah. angry. Yeah. And yeah, those scriptures helped me get through those moments. Yeah. What about you? That's good stuff. Yeah. So probably around that same time after mm -hmm. we got married, I remember uh, you got me a book. Actually, the book came from two different places. It came from you and my brother. But you got me a book, and it was called Fathered by God. Mm -hmm. And I, mean, I remember I started reading it, and I had never read a book that was able to effectively capture the soul of a man. Yeah. You know, because we live in a society where there's just the definition of masculinity is all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, and so this book, I mean, captured the soul the core, the needs, the question of the soul of a man so well. And that helped contribute to this journey of really finding who I was by the, the core questions that I have as a man. Mm -hmm. And he goes through, but long story short, that question was the question of every man's core is, do I have what it takes? Mm -hmm. Like you can take that question and you can go hang around a group of guys and see if we're all not trying to prove something or see if we all have failed to live up to that question. Yeah. You either find, you either find that a man is either too passive or he's too aggressive. Like we, we're always somewhere on that spectrum because we're either trying to prove that we have what it takes or we've been wounded to believe that we don't have what it takes. And so um, I recognize that everything that I would prove that I tried to prove through my talents, like being a drummer, being a musician, being a spiritual leader, or being in church and having a title and, you know, traveling and getting to play in the places I got, I've got to play um, deep down. Like, I feel like I was always searching to answer that question. Like, do I have what it takes? And like, you would see that boys, we start looking for that question at this point, six or seven, watch mm -hmm. this. Like, why are boys always trying to jump off some more? Yeah. They, want, they always want to do something, take a risk, and like, watch this. And there's something to overcome. And that's because that's the core question of our souls. And so I started identifying that question through my everyday life, and I started seeing it. Mm -hmm. And then I was challenged to answer that question. I do have what it takes. Yeah. And when you answer that question, you... You kind of find rest. I started finding rest. And it and it really touched. I mean, I never read the book after that, 
that touched on the topic of porn. And he, he brought to the point that it's not a porn problem. It's a, it's, it's the reality that you're, you can use porn to feel like a man without having to be one. Mm. And you were seeking that affirmation. You were seeking that comfort. You were seeking that I have what it takes. Yeah. Through a counterfeit. And so it's, it like spoke to my soul in ways. I'm like, I had a guide. I had mm-hmm. direction. And the biggest prayer that I prayed for years and I still pray today is, God, father me. Like in this moment, please father me. Yeah. Like help me, teach me, like walk with me through this, mm-hmm. challenge me. You know, and so it was in that time where, like, I started having the conversation with you a lot more about porn. And then, like, it was, it also gave me strength to continue to be there for you as you went through your process. Yeah. And so I think that was a point where we were like, okay, we're actually in this together. It's really tough. It's really hard Mm -hmm. because we were seeing the worst of each other. But I'm so glad that the beginning, which is our foundation, was the ugliest. Yeah. So now that we we just kind of go up from there, mm-hmm. it's not like when I have a surprise attack, like it, you know, <laughs> ten years like, oh, who are you? You're insecure. It's like, yeah, I'm glad like we got to see the worst of each other, and we're on this journey together. So that was a, a good, a uh, sensitive place and a cool place, I think, for both of us as we yeah. journey there. I remember I got you that book, Fathered by God, mm-hmm. and it was the older version. Yeah. And then your brother got you the newer version and I was kind of sad. <laughs> like I wrote like a whole letter in the yeah, front. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Like you got something good out of it. So mm-hmm. I was happy. Yeah. But yeah. So is there, I mean, we probably can fast forward to probably these last two, two or three years. Yeah. What has that journey been like for you as you, be, you know, continue to journey to find yourself, which I think it's cool that it's a journey. Mm-hmm. At this point, we're talking three or four years yeah and this journey i mean it's a journey that you will continue to go on so what was that like for you probably the last two or three years yeah so going back a little bit like when i the whole insecurity thing and um i had a point where i was good where i was like oh man i'm like i'm healed and like i felt good about myself and then Maybe like a few months later, like it hit me again. Mm-hmm. Like I felt so insecure. Like the things that I used to argue with him about or bicker about started coming up again. Mm-hmm. And so I had to like deal with it again. Yeah. So I was like trying to figure it out. And like what I used to do wasn't working. And I was just getting frustrated. And so I know like recently, maybe like, Last year, like the beginning of last year, mm-hmm. I did the neurocycle and it's, it was focused on finding the root of, I picked insecurity. I chose to do insecurity. So mm-hmm. it was finding the root of where it came from. Like, how did it start? Yeah. Who caused it? Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I discovered that. I wasn't, I couldn't handle the root problems that I discovered like last year, Mm -hmm. two years ago, because Mm. I would have treated people different. Yeah. I would have been angry and frustrated at people. Yeah. I would have been frustrated at myself. So I wasn't mature enough to 
um, go deeper into the insecurity problem that I had. Yeah. So last year I did the neurocycle and I was able to walk with God through where these things came from. Like, where did the root come from? Where did it yeah. start? Yeah. Um, there were things and people that people said things that made me the way that I am. And I believed those things. Yeah. So it became a part of me. It mm -hmm. was inside me. And I was like, oh, well, this is normal. Yeah. But in reality, it wasn't. Yeah. Like, I don't feel good about how my body looks. And over the years, I was okay with that. And I was believing those lies. Mm. But in reality, that's not true. Yeah. And but in my head, I thought it was because that's just what people said. It's what I heard. It's what I saw. Yeah. So, yeah. So dealing with that, it was very hard. Yeah. Like, especially the things that came up, mm. like the words people said, things that I've said about myself, mm -hmm. things that I've saw, like I'm like I said before. Yeah. But it was just very, I think it was the hardest of yeah. all the seasons that I've been in. Mm -hmm. It was the hardest, but it was the most peaceful, mm. which is weird. That's, that's deep. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so now, like, even when insecurity comes up, I know where the root is and it can no longer control me. Yeah. Like, I control it. I think I've said that before. Yeah. But yeah, I what control. Was, what yeah. was, because I want people to know, like, how intentional this thing was for you. What was that process? Like, you say this neurocycle. How long was it? And what was a little bit of what you did during mm. th that span? So it was 66 days. 63. 63 days. And I did it every single day for mm -hmm. 63 days. Mm -hmm. And what it was is you basically take time, maybe like in the beginning, it was like 30 minutes. And then over time, you take five to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But you basically write down insecurity in the middle and you think about whatever comes up. Yeah. So like you have to sit there yeah. and think about things from the past. And um, what I did, I know everybody doesn't do this, but what I did was ask God to reveal things to me. Mm -hmm. And that's how things became, um, started to come up. Yeah. and. I was very surprised at some of the things, mm -hmm. but I had to go through that every single day. And yeah. Some days were like depressing. Some days were easier than others. Yeah. But it was very like, I don't even want to say brutal because like, <laughs> I'm happy that I did it because yeah. I'm so much better. It was part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was every day, six to three days committed yeah so yeah yeah like the intentionality that's there is just really cool mm -hmm. to hear because you know you could just hear like oh yeah over the course of time i went through this and that helped me but for 63 days you took time out with an infant mm -hmm. you found that time to sit down and like be intentional about your healing and overcoming toxic thoughts yeah. So I want to give you your flowers on that because that's that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing for you. It was amazing for me as your husband, and it's amazing for your daughter mm. because we all just got to see that. Yeah. And we we have a better you because of that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. In the in like in that time, it was like the hardest time, but it was the best time. Yeah. 
because now like I just feel so confident and good. Yeah. And yeah. And there were even times where it was so bad on days that I had to tell Xavier, like, this is a really bad day. Yeah. Like just just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it was worth it for sure. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I would say as well, like the last um year or two, I also did the neurocycle. Mm-hmm. And um I also just found like a safe space of brothers to process some stuff. But during the neurocycle, um, for me, it was insecurity as well. But it was more so insecurity from a standpoint of like masculinity. Mm-hmm. And I also um, struggled with labels as a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, so far as because I'm black, I, I like I. I'm looked at this way or this is how people assume I'm going to act or this is how I talk or like I was struggling with those labels because you're black. So you talk like this, you're Mm -hmm. black. So, you know, you got to be black enough. It was a lot of those things. And I felt as though those things were um, hindering me, those labels. And so the common theme I'm hearing between both of us is to finding yourself as actually just pulling back all these layers that we actually hide under. Mm-hmm. And one of the neurocycle, like the reconceptualized thoughts that I told myself was that I am much more, there's much more to me than my skin tone, where I'm from and what I'm gifted at. Mm-hmm. Like even just saying that. Yeah. Because those are all things I identify with publicly. But when I tell myself, I'm much more than my skin tone, I'm much more than my gifts and talents. I'm much more than a husband and a father. Then it kind of just makes me look at the core of who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, like, and I, I kind of start to feel love for myself. I start to feel compassion for myself because I have nothing to judge. Yeah. Because I can judge how talented I am. I can judge if I'm being a good father or a good, uh, or a good husband. I can judge or if I'm like, you know, being tough enough, if I'm macho enough, if I'm working out, like, am I this, you know, intimidating person? Or am I, I can judge all that. But when mm-hmm. I just look at me as the human and I peel back all those layers, I found like, dang, I kind of, I like myself. Yeah. Like I start loving myself. And so that has been the process over the last, um, intentionally like the last year. And mm-hmm. I think 2020, 2021, um, when that was a time where I feel as though um, my relationship with God and who I was peel back as well um simply because that was a time where i feel like i was stripped of so many religious thoughts and principles mm-hmm. that i also found my identity my identity in yeah i found my identity in being a good christian praying enough reading the bible praying for people you know laying hands and see healing mm-hmm. like i found myself in all those things and i felt like my faith fell apart um, 2020, 2021. And I, at one point for a couple months, I felt like an atheist. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't pray. Yeah. Like I didn't, it was like, it was tough. Like I would go to pray and it was like so hard. It's like praying gave me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Reading the Bible gave me anxiety. Cause I read something that reminded me of a toxic pastor or a toxic, a toxic experience I had in church. Like everything just gave me anxiety about Jesus, all of that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, it was at one point, um, 
very hard to like yeah. read the Bible. Even now, like, yeah, I mean, I rarely read it. Mm. If I do, it's like, like we've said before, I'm on this one chapter for yeah. a year or two. Yeah, we, I've been same. I've been reading the Book of Joshua. Yeah, for like a year, and so I think we were also on that journey together too. Mm. But it was in that space. I was like, like all those layers peeled back. And I felt like I fell away from God. I felt like, oh my God, I'm not a Christian anymore. Yeah. I'm atheist. And it wasn't that. It was he was peeling back the toxic principles and the ideas of him and myself that were toxic. Mm-hmm. And we're and since then we've been in a process of re, of healing and rebuilding. And um and it was in that space. And there's this guy, uh, this book I read called uh Unspoken Sermons. And this quote got me through the darkest of times. And the quote is, try not to be good when you're not good, but run to the one who is good. Mm. When I had no scripture, when I didn't know, I felt like I couldn't pray, couldn't read the Bible. I just remembered that. Yeah. Like out of, I've been to church since I was born. I've heard sermons. I've seen healing. We both seen crazy stuff. Yeah. But for some reason, out of every sermon I heard in my whole life, that simple quote is what got me through the darkest time. That got me through the miscarriage. That got me through feeling like God abandoned us. It got, got me through all of that. Mm-hmm. And it was that quote that got me to understand, dang, all of the disciplines I can do have nothing to do with who I am to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he put me in this place where I'm bare. I'm naked. I have no prayer. I have no scripture. I have no word. I don't have this secret formula of praying. All I have is my anxiety and my pain and the fact that I feel far from you, but I don't feel good and I'm not going to try to feel good, but I know you're good. Yeah. I'm just going to sit in this room for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and just sit here. (laughs) I think what was insane for me in in that time of um, just finding the root of insecurity was Mm -hmm. like... I found myself and it was outside of church, mm. which for me, I believed that to be good, you have to be going to church, yeah. reading the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, writing down notes that the pastor's saying yeah. and studying those notes, like whatever it was, like, that's what I believed to be good and nothing against church because, you know, we go to church and church is good. Yeah. Um, but it was just crazy to me that I found who I was and I discovered root things mm-hmm. outside of church. Yeah. And being outside of church, I've never been as close to God as I, I've been the closest I've ever been to God. Yeah. Which is just, it really blows really? my mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, that was just insane to me yeah, at agreed. that time. All of this was when we transitioned from a church and so we weren't going to church at the time. Yeah. But yet we found the most intense work that will be a foundation for the next chapter of our lives and on. Mm-hmm. That work was being done. Yeah. Outside of a place that you would think you would experience the most growth. Mm-hmm. And so it was a place where like some t- he had to pull us out of that environment. Yeah. To peel some stuff away and so that we can rebuild and reheal. And if we didn't have that, I think we would still be hard hearted. We would probably mm-hmm. have stuff against. We would probably hate God, yeah. Because we experienced a lot of uh, pain and 
things in and by you know church members and we mm-hmm. had bad experiences in church yeah um so so yeah that was a place where we i think we both was finding healing in that area and mm-hmm. finding ourselves and now it's to the point where it's like how much we pray how much we read how often we go to church have nothing to do with how we we position ourselves before god as, as a son and a daughter it's just like yeah, we were in a place where we didn't go to church for a year, and we we found this amazing relationship with him, like mm-hmm. through healing, and it it didn't all feel good, and so now we can go to church now, and we go for the enjoyment, and we go yeah. to just enjoy the word and whatever the experience is. It's no longer like oh my god, if I, I gotta go, you know? Yeah, and like so, you're, it's mandatory. Yeah, once a week, <laughs> three times a week it used to be yeah yeah so um i wrote down maybe a couple of things that i kind of withdrew um from both of our experiences that um i think can help people identify the space they're in and to help create a space for themselves to identify to help find themselves and everyone's journey is different it might look nothing like this you might go on a two a two-week cruise and have the best time of your life. And in that space, like that can be a space where you find who you are. So yeah. I don't ever want to be like, oh man, now something really bad is going to happen. I'm going to lose everything. Mm-hmm. It's not that. But we do agree with the principle that sometimes things that we can hide under or take comfort in could hinder us from yeah. really peeling back those layers. Um, one of the common things, you can tag in mm-hmm. if you hear anything like you want to like harp on. Um, is we paid close attention to the people and spaces we didn't fit in. Like, I don't think, I don't think we often think of that, but pay attention to the places and spaces you don't fit in. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to the people you're around that you don't fit in with because part of finding who you are is also finding out who you're not. Yeah. We've been in those spaces where it's like, I don't fit in. I was like, well, pay attention to that. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's telling you something. If you don't fit in here, then that's an indicator. you might not, this might not be who you really are in the space. Um, another one was learning and accepting what you're not. Mm. That's a tough one. Yeah. Cause you got girlfriends, you got what you got boyfriends. I mean, boyfriends don't call each other boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> you got friends, you got family. You got coworkers that you love dearly, but from our experience, we found that like even those people can be a hindrance sometimes. Yeah, because they can they can nurture a part of you that may contradict who you really are. Mm-hmm. And so, learn and accept what you're not, and that could be in a relationship yeah. with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. It's like so. Another one was. The opposite. Pay attention to who, what, and where. I don't even know if I wrote that right. I'll just say, pay attention to what allows you to grow and embrace that space. Mm. I think part of what helped us was nurturing. We got around a certain people. We got around the Goodrums, right? We got around the Feltons. We got around certain people. And we found that the one thing they all had in common was they nurtured who we were trying to become. Yeah. We were friends going out to eat with a married couple who had two kids, homeowners, very like very mm-hmm. successful. And 
couple years later, we're literally <laughs> yeah. married. We're literally kind of in the same space that, you know, of what we were around. Mm-hmm. So because they nurture and they spoke into that part of us because we believe that's what, in our core, that's what our path was. Yeah. And um, lastly, it's a tough one. <clears throat> Remove yourself from people who don't nurture who you really are. You already know who those people are. I mean, yeah. you, you feel that tension. You don't have peace. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be somebody else when you're around a certain crowd of certain people. It's okay to remove yourself from those spaces. Yeah. You know, we can't get caught up in loyalty because then you're dishonoring yourself, you know. So with, with all that being said, um, when I was thinking about um, what we were going to talk about, I really felt impressed in my heart that there are people or just someone who's um, listening to this and they're in this space where they're in a sacred time where they're discovering themselves and the the frustration, maybe the lack of connection and friendships that used to be uh, vibrant, um, maybe like you're in a relationship and you're finding that you're compromising, you're losing your peace over it, or maybe you're at a job, like whatever that is, like it's, it's a lot of conflict and it's difficult. And I just want to encourage that person. Yes, this is tough and it's painful, but you also may be in the beautiful process mm-hmm. of discovering yourself. If you're willing to take the steps to put yourself in a position to heal and to really learn yourself. Yeah. Because it was easy. It was really easy. It's really easy to just assume life's going bad. Mm-hmm. Like there's some times it was like, this is horrible. But we look back and it was like, oh my God, I would not be where I am right now. And I couldn't be who I am right now if I didn't embrace that time. Mm-hmm. And it was pain. Like we had to let go of people. Some, you have to let go of people. You have to let go of certain relationships. Like you, you know, you have to just transition from certain places. And um, I'm going to tell some people, sometimes that's God doing it. Yeah. It's not the devil. Life's not falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's just God's pulling back some layers because he wants to show you who you really are. He wants to help build in you. Yeah. And something that I've always told myself was when I'm going through like a rough time, I always thank God for the rough time because he loves me enough to allow me to deal with it now instead mm. of years, years later yeah. where I don't have time to deal with it. Yeah. and. So just appreciate the hard times, you know, it may last long, but it ends, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. One thing I remember is it may last long, but you'll enjoy the fruit of that process longer. Mm. Like what's those one or two years that we just went through absolute hell compared to these last three? Yeah. And continuing on, mm-hmm. you know? So I just want to encourage that person who's listening to that, like who may be struggling, let go of the relationship, maybe struggle let, letting go of that person, those friends or that space. Like you're not alone in that process. And we stand still in our own process. Yeah. Wanted to encourage you. Like there's a great future and God only initiates people. I want to say, I want to say that God, (laughs) he initiates that in your life specifically when he wants to give you something great. Mm. Cause who knows? Like when you were living by yourself, 
When I was in my apartment, the one thing we had in common is that we both said yes to this difficult process of being alone. Mm-hmm. And not knowing a couple years later, we were going to meet, get married, have a beautiful daughter. We went through tough times, but like there's something beautiful we have now. Yeah. And so if you're listening, I would dare to say that God's trying to initiate something great for you. Yeah. And that's why you're listening to this podcast. And I would dare say this is one of the most important ones because this is, you know, this is just, I feel like he wants to speak that. Yeah. To you guys in this moment. And, you know, we're still going through, yeah. like, it's been, I'm like, man, like, when is this going to end? We're like in like, another one. Now we're like, yeah, this, it's this like is the worst thing ever. It's like one thing after another, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. But there's good things that have come out of our rough times. Yeah. But <laughs> for us, it gets like rougher. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're waiting. Right now, yeah, we're waiting yeah. on what God's going to do for our future. So. We're in another space like we're in the beginning where we're waiting for it to like see the fruit and the harvest of these difficult times. Yeah. But I, I really love what you said earlier, which is this is it was like the worst time, but I had peace. Mm-hmm. I think when you're when you're suffering because of. Because you're moving towards a direction of greatness and purpose. It hurts, but it is peace versus when we're suffering because we're continuing to stay in toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. We're continuing to dishonor ourselves by putting ourselves in toxic environments. Then that suffering, it just, it just hurts and it sucks, right? Like it's tough. Yeah. So, and there's no peace there. And so I always remind myself, I'm like, well, I'd rather suffer and it, be, it becomes productive and rewarding in the end. We're going to suffer either way. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard days. And so, so yeah, man, we appreciate y'all. This was a, yeah. this was an interesting one. Like, I feel like we kind of got really intimate on some of the cover on this, but I yeah. hope you guys got something out of this and we're praying yeah, for you Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And, um, I hope that y'all get something from it and give us some feedback and yeah. share your thoughts. Yeah. We'd love to hear some of y'all's story. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to close this one on out. I mean. Yeah, so follow us on um, Instagram at Life on 11 Podcast. Um, Email us at Life on 11 Podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, we just thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all the love, all the feedback. See y'all next week. See y'all next week. Love y'all. Peace. Bye.